top stories of the week. Labour's Christina Keneally labours under laborious quotas. Christian Porter blindly trusts blind trusts. And fuck the French, say Australia, US and UK. All that plus more on News Weekly. Hi, I'm Sammy Shah and this is the new satire podcast that punches the headlines in the head weekly. Diversity is a difficult thing to achieve in Australian politics, which for a long time was so full of men it resembled the comments thread under a YouTube video of Joe Rogan sitting in an ice bath for half an hour. While women have had the right to stand for Parliament since the turn of the 20th century, it wasn't until 1943 when two women were elected to federal Parliament. Australia's first woman Prime Minister wasn't until 2010, and there hasn't been one since. Pakistan has had more female Prime Ministers than Australia, even if it was the same woman twice and she was then killed in a bomb blast. The point still stands. One of the ways Australian politics has attempted to fix that problem is with gender diversity quotas. Critics say this prevents Australian politics from being a meritocracy. The argument against that criticism is, well, all of Australian politics. If you look at this sad lot of self-interested losers who can't string an incoherent sentence together without sexually harassing an intern or misplacing several billion dollars on a weekly basis and think it's a meritocracy, you're probably Barnaby Joyce looking in the mirror. The Liberal Party has yet to institute gender quotas, which is probably why it has a group in it called the Big Swinging Dicks. When you were in politics, a group of male politicians who called themselves the Swinging Dicks sought to block your career aspirations. Were you aware of this at the time? Does it um, strike you as credible? What did you make of it? Well, actually, I believe it was Big Swinging Dicks. So there was obviously an overexcited imagination on the part of some, I would suggest. That's former deputy leader of the Liberal Party, Julie Bishop, in conversation with ABC's 7.30 report, delivering what the kids today call a sick fucking burn. The Labour Party introduced its first gender quota back in 1994, and since then the percentage of female parliamentarians in the Commonwealth Parliament is at 47.9%, a remarkable achievement that proves gender quotas help increase diversity in a system that might otherwise be resistant to it. One of the beneficiaries of that system is the current deputy leader of the opposition in Senate, Christina Keneally. An immigrant from America, she ended up being elected to the New South Wales Legislative Assembly in 2003 because her husband, who was more interested in a career in politics, didn't qualify. The party's affirmative action rules required a woman to run. He was noticeably not a woman. She ran instead, and since then, she's had a meteoric rise in popularity and prominence. She's been the first woman premier of New South Wales, co-hosted a TV show on Sky News, and is currently the deputy leader of the opposition in the Senate. So, as someone who benefited from a diversity quota, shouldn't Christina Keneally be in favour of diversity quotas benefiting others? Probably, but then what would a Labour politician be without some blatant hypocrisy? With all the efficiency of someone who advocated for freeing refugees from detention while voting in favour of keeping refugees in indefinite detention, Christina Keneally has been parachuted into the western Sydney suburb of Fowler for pre-selection. The problem is, it's a suburb she doesn't live in. 
And it's a suburb where the previous MP had already chosen his replacement, a Vietnamese-Australian lawyer named Tu Lee, who he believes would be best placed to represent one of the most diverse parts of Sydney, with a population of over 50,000 Asian Australians. Fewer than 20 of the 226 parliamentarians currently serving in the federal parliament have a non-English-speaking background. A diversity quota could help change that. Also, not taking away the opportunity for a Vietnamese Australian whose parents were refugees might help with that as well. Unfortunately, this isn't the first time Keneally has closed the door behind her. Last year, the immigrant, who is now a politician, said Australia should reduce how many migrants it allows in. Let's just have a look at a couple of key lines from this op-ed from Ms Keneally, who herself is an American migrant. It says, The post-COVID-19 question we must ask now is this. When we restart our migration program, do we want migrants to return to Australia in the same numbers and in the same composition as before the crisis? She also argued that Australia should get a, quote, first go at jobs by cutting migration. Except she's a migrant taking a job away from an Australian citizen who was Australian by birth. By her own standards, she's stealing jobs from hardworking Aussies and should go back where she came from. That's not me saying it, it's Christina Keneally. Labour leader Anthony Albanese has backed Keneally and told Tu Lee to, quote, hang in there, a message of hope often accompanied by a kitten holding on to a branch. <coughs> when asked by Sky News if this is a failure of diversity within the Labour Party, he responded, oh, Kieran, we have a very diverse caucus and compare our caucus uh, with those opposite. Uh, those opposite who are still having a debate. You haven't heard much of it lately, have you, about uh, quotas? Ah, uh, yes. The tried and true Labour method of we're shit, but not as shit as the other guys, which has led them to so many election victories. Christian Porter's OnlyFans news now. Cabinet Minister Christian Porter is possibly having his legal fees paid by ISIS. Possibly. We don't know for sure. But then neither does he. So it could be true. So far, the former Attorney General and one-time law professor has had to withdraw a defamation claim against the ABC and reporter Louise Milligan, lose a bid to block a last-minute affidavit, and been ordered to pay the legal fees of a friend of the woman who had accused him of raping her three decades ago. If this guy contested a parking ticket, he'd somehow end up going to jail for the Jack the Ripper murders. And if that wasn't enough evidence of his lack of legal acumen, he is now claiming that a part of his massive legal fees was paid by a blind trust that he doesn't know who funded, which means it was possibly funded by child traffickers. Possibly, we don't know for sure, but then neither does he, so it could very well be true. He's been criticised for this completely non-suspicious behaviour by the leader of the opposition, Malcolm Turnbull. I mean, this is the same as somebody in a mask walking into Mr Porter's office and delivering a chaff bag full of cash and saying, right, there you are, that'll help you with your legal expenses. I'm off, you don't know who I am. Actually, given Porter is a representative of the town of Northam, where I lived for several years, and the town was notorious for meth dealers, I think a man in a mask with a bag of cash is the most likely explanation here. The Prime Minister has now sought advice as to whether the blind trust constitutes a breach of ministerial standards. We don't know who is giving the Prime Minister that advice and have to blindly trust in it. Giving the French Das Boot news now, Australia has announced a new deal with the US and UK to make its next submarine fleet nuclear-powered. 
The alliance was announced early on Thursday morning, with Prime Minister Scott Morrison getting to show off just how close he is to U.S. President Joe Biden. I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. Oh, sleepy Joe. Critics have pointed out that this means the end of the deal for French submarines, which is fine because no one ever thinks of the French when they think of cool submarines. The movie wasn't called The Hunt for October Rouge. Unfortunately, Australia has already spent $2 billion on French attack-class submarines, which no one can now use because the instruction manual isn't in English. That $2 billion we just spent, by the way, when added to the $13 billion we gave to businesses who made a profit during the pandemic lockdown, comes to $15 billion we have just given away. Meanwhile, the cost of raising Newstart to $95 a week is $3 billion annually, which the government said was too much to afford. We did something good for once news now. The eastern barred bandicoot is safe. The nocturnal species was once common on the grassy plains of southwest Victoria, but was decimated by foxes, cats and loss of habitat due to farming. However, a decades-long effort has paid off and now we've bred enough of the little critters to consider them free from the danger of extinction, releasing them back into the wild just in time for the summer forest fires, increased global warming and a rising threat of nuclear war with China. Enjoy it while it lasts, Eastern Bard Bandicoot. Well, that wasn't a waste of time in money news now. An attempt by Republicans to oust California's Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom has failed, with the recall vote delivering a landslide victory for him. His leading challenger was Larry Elder, a radio host who promised to repeal the mandates for masks and vaccines if he won, which he surprisingly didn't. In a victory speech, Gavin Newsom struck a familiar tone. We said yes to science. We said yes to vaccines. We said yes to ending this pandemic. We said yes to people's right to vote without fear of fake fraud or voter suppression. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Meanwhile, Larry Elder also played a cover song. It is now up to California voters whether Gavin Newsom remains their governor. Polls show Newsom with a comfortable lead, but if the polls are wrong, Republican Larry Elder is poised to take over. Elder turned some heads yesterday by pushing baseless claims centering around the recall election. As Elder was campaigning across L.A. and Orange counties, he urged his supporters to use an online form to report any suspected fraud. At the same time, the website hosting that form claimed it had already detected fraud and the results of the election, quote, resulting in Gavin Newsom being reinstated as governor. The only problem is the election isn't over yet. Larry Elder has put a new spin on the election fraud claims by making them even before voting has begun. A risky strategy that only makes sense when you realize 90% of California is in extreme drought, the median home price has eclipsed $800,000, and 100,000 people are sleeping outside or in their cars. He was basically more scared of winning than losing. Dickheads in space news now. It turns out human spaceflight aspirations have gone from boldly going where no one has gone before to tourists floating around playing the ukulele while drinking beer. Elon Musk's SpaceX soared into orbit on Wednesday, carrying zero professional astronauts because fuck those guys. 
Instead, the four people currently floating over us are a billionaire who created a company that processes payments who we can hopefully eat one day, a cancer survivor, a geologist with a PhD, and a goddamn raffle draw winner. It's like the Fantastic Four, except the only fantastic thing about them is they're part of Elon Musk's continued efforts to ruin the majesty and grandeur of space by putting stupid shit in it. The passengers of Inspiration4, that's the rocket's name, are taking up a payload that includes 66 pounds of hops that will be brewed into beer upon return and a whole bunch of other dumb stuff that's going to be auctioned off after they come back. The only good news here is that for their three days in space, the passengers will have to share a toilet and have to sleep in their seats. It's basically the most expensive economy seat fantasy camp ever. That's all from this, the second issue of News Weekly. If you liked it, tell your friends. Don't forget to rate it and leave a comment on iTunes. If you want to support News Weekly and get access to tons of behind-the-scenes stuff, head over to patreon.com slash Shah. Every little dollar that you send my way helps. I'm Sammy Shah, and join me next week as I punch more news in the head weekly. <laughs>